Welcome to the Oddcast, brought to you by the Odyssey NFT Experience, seeking to deliver value to creators, collectors, DeFi natives, and DGENs. Every episode, we will speak with personalities across the space about all things NFT in an effort to celebrate, explore, and educate about the many facets of this incredible creator economy. I'm your host, Flame, and I'm here with a promise to keep it interesting, uplifting, and always odd. Let's get into it. Today, I have a special guest that I'll get to in a moment. But first, I'd like to give you a clear vision of what the Oddcast is all about. We are here to first and foremost celebrate the artists and innovators from all corners of the space within the Odyssey community and beyond. There will be news, there may be alpha, but there will be nothing that should ever be mistaken for financial advice. Always, always, always DYOR, friends. And with that, let's get to our next incredible guest of the Oddcast, Fatty Bags. Fatty Bags is an OG from the Olympus DAO community, freestyle rapper, and creator of the successful Apliens NFT project, as well as the follow-up, Apliens Larvae. Thanks for joining me, Fatty. I've known you for quite some time now. I think it's getting close to a year. It definitely feels like a couple in crypto time. Yeah. I've heard you uh, speak about Olympus. I've heard you rap. You've been a great <laughs> help to me and all the Omis, but this is our first opportunity to really chat one-on-one -on -one like this, and I'm excited to get into it. Yes, sir. First, why don't you just introduce yourself and let everybody know who you are? Thanks for having me on, Flame. You know I love you, dude. And a big shout out to all of Odyssey and the guys putting in the work over there. My name is Fatty Bags. I have been in this space now. Well, I've been in the crypto space for quite some time, back uh, since the Bitcoin mining days of putting graphics cards and milk crates and heating up your apartment to 500 degrees. Uh, I was rugged by Mt. Gox, so that gives you a little background of uh, kind of how far back I, I go. Took a nice pause from the crypto world and came back in at pretty much well the start of Olympus. Uh, I was a little late to the party, but I uh, was invited on to handle the marketing of early Olympus onto the golden days. Um, so I rock and rolled with them for the past year. Uh, I got a kiddo on the way, so I've actually pulled back. I'm no longer working with Olympus, um, but sending them all the best wishes and love to uh, succeed and continue uh, with their goal, becoming the reserve currency of DeFi. Right now, currently, I am the artist and creator behind Apelians, uh, behind Blotted NFT, and a couple other projects as well. Um, so I've been really focusing a lot of my time into to the art uh, creativity side. And some of you might know uh, as well that I am a, a part-time rapper, but uh, I in, in another life, I was also a uh, audio engineer and music producer. So it's a little of my background, Flame, but thank you for having me on, bro. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. You said that you were a uh, early adopter, basically, in the crypto realm, and then left, took a hiatus, after that horrible Mt. Gox hack, which <laughs> yeah. I, uh, man, that was brutal. Were you part of that I, too? I, I wasn't in, mm -hmm. I wasn't in during then, but I knew about Bitcoin. Yeah. And so I knew how serious that was. And I was definitely bummed for everybody involved. Yeah. That was, that was not the kind of news you wanted to hear yeah, about. Makes you sick thinking Bitcoin about it. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. And I mean, obviously there's been some grand heists since then. Oh yeah. But. That's definitely sort of the first of the worst, I think. It was, yeah. The, the trendsetter. Gosh, I wish it was the only one, but, you know, there's a lot of people getting wrecked. And then you got back in around uh, the spring of rebases, basically. Yeah. With Olympus. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
you know, well, I was in a little bit before that, you know, I was investing in Ethereum semi early on, but you know, I was like a long hold investor and I didn't like watch charts or pay attention to the market. I just put money when I had it into it and forgot about it. And that honestly, like that was the most stress-free way of living. <laughs> it's like when you yeah. start to really analyze everything is when you go, holy bro, this is consuming my life. Um, so I was still dabbling, but I was nowhere near as educated in DeFi uh, as I became, uh, became, excuse me, through uh, definitely rebase summer, as you called it. <laughs> it's funny, you know, it was more like rebase fall and winter with all the forks. And one of the NFTs I was lucky enough to discover was the Apliance project when it launched. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I appreciate your support massively. What was the inspiration for Apliance? Man, uh, this is this is a rather funny one, but you know, I've I'd, I've never considered myself an artist, and I've had I think it's they call it imposter syndrome. My girlfriend constantly cites it. I've now had Yellow cite it as well, and I've kind of come to accept it. I'm like, okay, dude, you're an artist. You, it's okay. Like you could admit it. <laughs> so like, I yeah, I never really considered myself a freaking artist, and I still have a hard time. I struggle with it, but. I was sitting in bed one night and I'm going, you know what? I like drawing a lot. And like, I've got all these kind of psychedelic trippy ideas and I want to put them out. I've got like a really great community that's surrounding me in Olympus, like, you know, to touch on your point, uh, definitely like one of the, the leaders, the leader, in my opinion, of community building and like reinforcing kind of the DeFi narrative and family narrative for a long time there. And, um, you know, I just basically sat down one night and I was uh, just chilling with my girl. And I go, you know what? I was like, I'm going to try to launch an NFT project here. And, you know, all my boys are aping and so we'll start with ape. And then I love aliens. So I said, let's just do ape plants, you know, very cliche. And I was kind of almost joking. And then I went ahead with it and I started to brand it. So I went with these like the, the really bright pastel multicolors and got an idea of what I wanted to do. And then I started drawing like the first ape lands. And if you look at the progress of the Genesis collection from the first one to the 50th, um, you can definitely see the progression in my art style where I've like actually kind of figured out who I was in, as an artist in one way or another. So like it just started as an idea as like, you know, at night, it just kind of came to me. And then I started putting in work and then traction started to kick up. And these things started to flip for a lot of ETH halfway, you know, not, or a quarter through the collection, they started to go for a bunch. And I realized that there was like a real want for the, the art that I was making. So I just put in the work, you know, and each one was like four to eight hours, you know, individual one of ones. So that's how it started. And uh, now it's kind of at the, its next phase of evolution. Those weren't the first NFTs you created though, right? The Apelian series, you, you've made a few before that. No, so uh, the Apelian's uh, Genesis collection was my first like official collection and first NFT dive. Like I didn't do any NFTs before that. The, uh, the only thing that I did do was like assist with uh, some Olympus NFTs, but I was never the artist behind those. I was just kind of like helping with creative direction oh, okay. and working with those those guys. Oh, my bad. I thought you actually created a few for Olympus prior to... Uh doing the Apelance project? Nope, just Poaps. I, I made quite a few Poaps for Olympus. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I think I have a few of those. Um, I do think it's cool that you pointed out that your art style evolved over the course of that collection. I'm really familiar with the collection. I know exactly what you're talking about. If you look at the first batch that were available, it's a complete shift from what they look like now. And what's cool though, is that you can still see how the art is connected. Yeah. It wasn't like you took a giant left turn 
and started doing something completely different. Right. I feel like you had this foundation, you just started tweaking it and building on it, and it started to evolve and turn into something else. Exactly. And that's really interesting within a collection. I don't, I, I don't think I've seen a lot of that. You know, people put something out, and when it's a V1 situation, it generally, to me, always looks like they're trying to keep that art style the same way. I think with the Aplians, it's cool because it doesn't need to be that way. And it's one of those instances for me where I see the change and I see the growth. And I feel like it makes the original ones just as cool as the new ones because you, it's, it's like you have an NFT that is a history of the artist's journey like right there in front of you. Thanks for saying that. Really cool. Yeah, I really appreciate you being able to observe that and like noticing that because I think like a lot of people might look, you know, just look over that and not really see that there was truly an evolution for me as an artist that took place. And what it was, was, you know, start it, see if people like it. People started to like it. Uh, started to see people really liking it. Okay, let's push this. And there was a point, man, I think at my peak where I was drawing three of these things, like spending between like 12 to 16 hours a day, grinding these things out and just like trying to better my, my artwork and my style and find myself as an artist, which was definitely really cool to have that recognized. So I appreciate you seeing that. Cause you look at the the first ones and they're like very simple. There's not a lot of depth to like the, the shading. Um, you know, my line work is not as like crisp and clean as it was. And it's not to say that it's like, like a, a poor attempt. It was just how I knew how to draw at the time. And then you do 50 of these and you put in 300 plus hours into it. By the end of it, you damn well better believe that there's like been some some growth. So yeah, thanks for noticing that. And man, that really means a lot. Oh yeah, that's what it's it's been a fun journey getting involved with NFTs and being a part of communities that were lively and supportive and sharing cool information, whether it's alpha or you know, DeFi tips, stuff like that. And Aplians was always one of those projects that I was really excited to be a part of because that was the vibe and still is, you know, the people in there are very loyal to the project and they're all very keen on supporting one another and sharing information. It really does have that strong wag me vibe. That's one of the things I love about it. I think the NFTs are great. I really love the psychedelic nature of them. You know, it definitely fits that alien vibe. I think you really nailed it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I think it's dope that the first iteration was more of like this friendly cartoony situation. And then it's almost like you sent them, you know, through a portal to a, a much gnarlier place. Yeah. They definitely took like a slight dark turn, right? Like I've seen, and I'm a huge fan of like horror and like really like kind of deep galactic, dark sci-fi kind of themes. And like, it's just kind of always been in my character. And in the beginning it was like super friendly. How do we, how do we make these as appealing as possible? But then it was like, you know what, like these are cute and we should like, we should trickle some of these cutesy guys in between. And there are like several that are of the, the, you know, the, the ones that I've like evolved into a different artist. Those ones still have some of that cutesiness, but you really do start to see them take like this almost like scary turn. And I've had people like tell me, they're like, dude, those are scary. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, I appreciate you noticing that. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I'm excited for like, you know, what's next too. Like I'm really looking forward to evolving even more as an artist. Yeah, I mean, I think if the earlier ones had a soundtrack, it'd be like something from a Saturday morning cartoon. And if the newer ones had one, it would be straight up dubstep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they go like straight up. Yeah. Like a Skrillex banger. Yep, exactly, dude. 
Exactly. Speaking of what's next, why don't you tell us a little bit about the larvae? I would love to uh, hear, first of all, what the story is with the, the next iteration. And I would love to hear a little bit about the mint process because I know that you tried something new and I think it's going to be something that people are going to want to try more of in the future. I think it's a really cool way to do a pre-sale mint. And then just would love to hear about the future, like what's on the docket for the larvae. Yeah, man, 100%. I appreciate it. I, um, you know, larvae were kind of a, uh, an ode, uh, you know, to my love for 8-bit graphics and like the, the, the inner boomer in me, even though I'm not truly a boomer, but I, (laughs) I definitely like really loved, you know, the pixel graphics, old school retro gaming. And you start to see that in the NFT world now as a meta, like people are really into this like eight bit. I mean, you see the the moon birds and, or whatever the hell it was, all these guys came out and they're making buco bucks off that art style. And like, I'm super glad that people are you know are enjoying that and because it's something that's always kind of rung true for me as a kid it was like a super nostalgic aesthetic that i love so i go okay you know what why don't we try like a different version of ape lands and like everyone's rocking generative so i was like you know everyone's doing these generative projects and i don't necessarily like the generative as much if from a personal artist standpoint i think the one of one profile pictures i think the whole nft market is going to come back full circle at some point where people are trying to collect high end art in general and like unique pieces but uh, for the time being i was like you know this would be really fun to see combinations of art that that maybe m- myself as an artist wouldn't be able to even think up uh, so let's like let a computer handle these combinations and see so the generative side to me from a techie standpoint really spoke to me because it really did enable kind of like a different vision to come from my art. So what I did is I said, hey, let's do like 3,333 of these buggers for the memes, for the Olympus memes, of course. And, um, you know, kind of went in blind firing because I hadn't done a, a generative project before. Um, and I, I hand drew about 300 different assets. I think it was like 270 different assets, 300 with the backgrounds. Um And I just wanted to pump this thing full of cool little items and quirky like facial features and eyeballs and and diamond grills and all these fun things. And uh, I wanted to throw it together and see what the computer could spit out. And it still kind of follows the Aplians aesthetic with the, the bright pastel neons and all this really kind of just like lighter psychedelic coloring. Um, but it pulls it down into this 8-bit form. And when you look at it at face value, larvae look very simple. They are just a little blob critter, right? But they have all these cool little things that give them personality. But the one thing I wanted to do is I wanted to take it a step further too and go, hey, you know what? Larvae are cool. And these things are cute. And I think people will rock them as PFPs once they start to catch on. Um, but I want to add a little bit more to it. So let's make these evolve and let's turn them into something else. Now, evolution in the space isn't necessarily a new thing. Um, I don't think it's utilized uh, too much, but I think it adds a level of value um, because one, you get, you know, people are buying something that they like the art for, and then it potentially could turn into something even cooler. Um, But that turns into like a double-edged sword, bro. So you're looking at it and the fact that maybe people fall in love with the larva and then the evolution, in my case, to a Baplian, maybe they don't like the Baplian. So the first thing I thought of was trying to be considerate to that. So I said, you know what? Let's take the larva 
and let's airdrop everybody that has a larva once evolution is completed let's airdrop them a husk of their larva so all the husk is is literally just a duplicate carbon copy of their their larva nft uh labeled as a husk with you know the metadata corresponding to it uh so people can keep that and still have that and trade it with their buddies or whatever it was just kind of like a, a a little way for me to give back to people after the evolution happens because not you can't please everyone in the space right so um that was step one idea that I had. And sure enough, that, uh, you know, that's still something on the plate that's going to happen for everybody. Um, but the other side of it was, okay, so we were going to originally include Larva into uh, a metaverse that we were developing um, and a game that we were developing. But as we all know, in this industry, the um, the meta moves quickly. And one thing for me is to always stay ahead of the curve. I've always been a pivoter in my life and any kind of project I've been in. Um, you know, sometimes your first ideas and iterations are not the fucking play. And sometimes you have to be able to recognize that as the creator or founder of a project and go, okay, this didn't work out. That's fine. These are the reasons why we don't dwell on that shit. All we do is we pivot and we go to the next thing. Cause that's what you owe to the people who believe in your project. You don't sit stagnant or keep, you know, throwing hundreds of thousands of dollars into something that ultimately could potentially dud out. You don't do that. What you do is you stop. You think about it and then you pivot. So that was my thought with the, the the Web3 gaming is that it is saturated right now. There's a lot of people building quote unquote metaverses. And we can talk about that in the future too. And I wish them all the best of luck, but I didn't want to sit in that realm and compete with people. And if, you know, if I had a hundred million dollar gaming studio, then fuck yeah, we could do it all day long. But the reality of it is that's not achievable by most unless you're coming up with something really unique. And I didn't feel like we had that edge quite yet with the Web3 game. So <clears throat> I took it and I said, let's pivot this shit and let's let's figure out our next move as Apeliens. What we do have is a very, very fucking good organic community full of really, really intelligent people um, and just diehard fans of the of the actual uh, you know, project itself, and then just good people in general, wonderful people to have around. So I said, let's focus that. So the larva, they, they, they evolve into what would be called uh, Bapelians. And then the Bapelians are now, you know, another segment of the NFT collection. And so I guess what we'll do is we'll reveal this on your podcast. I have been reworking the art for the Bapelians. So originally, they were I've done all the assets in 8-bit pixel. And I had realized that Several of the people, not not several, but a handful of people were just like, oh, are these going to evolve into regular aliens? Are they going to be that really cool trippy style and not 8-bit? So what I what I saw is like, not everyone is in love with the 8-bit style as well. So I go, okay, how can I provide value back to the community? And like, how can I do that in a way that's unique to my styles and my abilities? So what I've done is I've gone back over the entire Bapelian evolution uh, collection, and I've started to redraw them in a much higher fidelity format. So that means all new items, all new, like the, the actual body silhouette and, and everything like that has been changed. All the assets are being changed. And I've been doing that every night now for the last month uh, so that when these do evolve and when larvae do sell out, people get something that's even higher fidelity than what they thought they were going to get before. So I just want to provide a little bit more value as an artist to the community. So that's like the next step in the evolution. Wow, that's a solid pivot. I mean, I, I, I understand, you know, the best laid plans, especially in the NFT space and the crypto space. You can't always predict external forces or last minute factors that force you to switch gears and find another way to keep the project alive. I know that you experienced some of that 
And I think it's commendable that you were able to turn it around so quickly and march forward with an idea that you're still really happy about. Yeah, man. I, I really I appreciate you recognizing that as well. And it's absolutely true. This this space moves super fast. So, you know, one side of it is, okay, let's provide more value um, to the community through providing better quality art. And then the other side of it is, okay, let's focus back on what matters, which is the community. And you hear a lot of people say that, but I wanted to deliver quickly on that. So what I had done is uh, as a way of gating now the holders, so the Genesis holders and the larva, is I've opened up a new server, which uh, you're familiar with, Flame, uh, Alpha Balpha, which was a joke name off the rip. Still sounds funny every time I say it. Uh, we were kind of using it as a code name as I was going through and setting it up. Uh, but what it is, is it's basically a gated alpha server. Um, you're going to find a lot of these all over the space right now. And some people listening might be like, oh, great, another alpha server. But the beauty of it is that it's been gated to the Apelians community, which has a lot of heavy hitters in it. And if you come into that server, you know that a lot of these guys are OGs and really, really commendable people and just like awesome individuals with a wealth of knowledge. So when you when you join Alpha Alpha, it's not only a complete data hub, which is literally a feed all day long and me making calls and and you know expressing some of the things I've learned from other alpha servers that I'm in, but it's also just like a community of really awesome people who have some super valuable input. So what I did was as a secondary pivot is that any larva holders, uh, are they gain access to Alpha Alpha and any Genesis holders. So that was an immediate pivot that I can do myself. And then from there, we have a lot of stuff in the works uh, coming in the future. I mean, anyone that knows me knows that this is my baby and like any way that it's, you know, any way that I can make it successful, I'm going to make it successful past it's already, you know, it's previous minor successes, which I consider minor. Some people might consider major, but I, you know, for me, where I, where I see Apelians is both, you know, a brand, a lifestyle, uh, and, and also a very much so a blue chip one of one uh, in a lot of ways, you know, and the derivatives and the generatives and the cool art are just expressions outside of like the central hub, which is truly the Genesis collection and, and the community itself. In terms of branding, I think especially the newer Genesis Apelians and even the larvae and even the original Apelians, like I would love to see some of those on merch. For sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, that's definitely one thing that I've, I've, uh, had in my mind for a long time is I, you know, personally, I wear a bunch of really bright pastel colored psychedelic clothing and not like, like, you know, my girlfriend, bless her heart. She loves all the clothes I wear, but I have a ton of shit that's just super bright and loud. And it's always been kind of my, my style, but the, uh, the Apelians is perfect for that as well. So like I was thinking, you know, as far as the merch, once the merch starts to drop, which I do have plans for, and I have been, uh, designing in the background myself, um, I think people are going to really like it. I'm looking at all kinds of pullover hoodies that are like two-toned, cut down, you know, cut diagonally with, with you know, a couple of the really complimentary colors that I like. Uh, I think the brand itself will be really sick for people who like loud clothing, for sure. Nice. One question I had that I want to make sure I asked you was about the Discord itself. Clearly, there was a lot of work that went into building that community. In terms of the mechanics, obviously, it's centered around aliens, you know, and that whole idea. But I think it was novel in the sense that there weren't a lot of alien-themed discords in, in the space when you set that up. But I also think that it was novel in the way that you dealt with the auctioned pieces, right? Because originally, when Apelians launched, you could mint the NFTs directly by buying them off of OpenSea, right? Yeah, it was always um, shock drop option or uh, auctions from day one. So just... It was literally put up for auction, and then I let let people know. 
I think maybe the first couple, and don't quote me because it's been so long, I might have just had them for buy it now as a point three points. Yeah, point zero three. Jeez, it's been so long. <laughs> but yeah, then it was a shock drop option after that, but it was the shock drop itself, right? Can you explain that? Yeah. I don't want to butcher it. No, no. I, I want you to explain how that worked because I thought it was super entertaining. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's so funny that you you remember the first ones were sold as buy it now. You're absolutely correct on that. And then at some point I, I said, you know what? Like there's I'm getting the feeling that people are really liking these, but also the main reason that I went to shock drops and auctions, and I'll, I'll get into that a little more, is that I wanted there to be a fairness factor. Uh, in a sense, because if I'm just like shock dropping with a buy it now, it's the first person that gets in there and snipes it. Right. And I noticed that like in the beginning, I think a couple people started to snag, you know, a few of them. And so my idea was, all right, let's at random times, because I'm staying up to ungodly hours at, during the night in the morning uh, at this time, drawing these things. Um, so I just started to, you know, around the clock, what I do is when I finished one, I would instantly go over to OpenSea and I'd start writing the lore. And if you look into like every Genesis Aplians, the art is, you know, the first part, the line work, and then it's the coloring, and then it's the shading, and then it's, you know, really figuring out your final background. And then you go over to OpenSea, and at the time I was listening to them on OpenSea, uh, I would then write out the lore, like the planet, the, you know, what intoxicants they're, they're intoxicated by, uh, you know, what's a little of their backstory. So there's like the sci-fi aspect. And sometimes the lore took an hour or two because I'd hit a writer's block. You know, like some days I'd be busting lore out and busting art out. And then other days I'd just be like, oh my God, what do I even say about this thing? What is this creature? You know? So um, I'd write the lore, I'd write all the stuff, you know, the stats and attributes in there. And then what I would do is in my discord server, I had a, you know, the galactic uh, broadcasting channel. And basically what it is, is I would set it up through a me six bot and I would have a picture of the ape land. Once I had already, I'd list it for auction on OpenSea, and then immediately after I'd drop an, an embed uh, in one of the channels in Aplians, and it would say, this Aplian is now up for auction for the next 72 hours. But even before that, in the chat, I would kind of role play with the, the server and say, guys, I think the teleporters are warming up. That was always the role play because when the teleporters warming up, it gives you that sense of like, something's about to happen. I got to be on the ball. And it gave people a heads up too that maybe had like, you know, stuff to do during the day or their meat space. It gave people a little heads up to be able to adjust instead of just like truly getting shock dropped on. So after the, you know, teleporters warmed up, boom, I dropped the embed. Uh, and then for 72 hours, it's open uh, for auction. And I experimented with like three day auctions. I experimented with 24 hour auctions. I experimented with like three hour auctions. And at one point it didn't really matter. All it was was inconveniencing people because, you know, it was either taking too long or it was too short and they weren't able to catch it while they were awake. So I, I stuck with 72 hours to kind of give people a heads up and to be able to plan. And, um, you know, slowly, it, I wouldn't even say slowly, almost immediately that started to kick up and some of the prices for the aplanes were like pretty ridiculous enough for me to be like, holy shit, people like my art this much. I'm dumbfoundedly flattered and humbled. So that, that was like the shock uh, drop auction kind of idea and that's also what led into the development and my idea behind uh the airlock what was the idea behind the airlock component of the minting process and how did it work yeah so like okay the first thing and, and let me backpedal a little bit as i was going how are we going to create fair launch 
you know, minting to where people don't get screwed, where they don't get like botted immediately. And there's a lot that goes in on the, on the back end for like preventing botting. And, and it's like, it's not a perfect world. Uh, so a lot of people I've seen have come to, you know, getting botted and they haven't put in the right checks and balances, but nonetheless, we worked that in on, on the back end on the developmental side, contractual side. But the other side of it was, okay, what mechanic can we add that will allow a fair mint and can be fair for everyone geographically. So all around the globe at all times. And how do we create FOMO with this? So how do we create that excitement that people are like, oh, when is this going to happen? And I wanted to pull little bits from my original shock drop uh, ideas in the Aplane server and kind of implement it in a way that's automated, or at the very least, uh, was able to be controlled via switches and, and levers. So I came up with an idea again in the <laughs> Same spot in my room at night, just like, I don't know, the, the, the uh, creative energy comes to me. And I go, you know what, let's, let's create something and call it an airlock. And what we'll do, and, and of course, at the time, the developers wanted to kill me because I, you know, I'm coming up with these ideas. And at the time, I go, guys, before we launch, is this possible that what we can do is take the launch and gate it? Basically, create an airlock where I have the levers and buttons that I can push and pull and allow people to mint for a certain amount of time at random times throughout the day that I choose and then close it off and for a set amount to be minted during that time. So that's, and sure enough, they're like, yeah, we can do it. It's just going to take a little work. So they took care of it. The idea behind it was that, okay, can we do it based off of block time? So, you know, this many blocks equals, you know, this much time. And we did the math and we figured it out and they implemented it from a contractual side to where I could even, enter in a block amount and it would equate to say an hour open and I could set that and automate it and I could have it open for three hours with a three hour pause in between or one hour with a four hour in between or one hour on one hour off. And what that allows you to do is you legitimately can open up for different time zones all around the world and, and have, and you don't even really need to tell them. You can just say, Hey, there's going to be in your time zone, maybe in this area, it's going to open up, just be ready. And what that does is allows people to have a chance to mint and for you to be fair to them in the sense that they don't have to stay up till 4 a.m. That was one uh, aspect of this. Um, so, you know, that was pretty creative from a geographical standpoint and giving people uh, a chance to get in and then FOMO inducing. Um, the other side of the airlock was that it's also a way that you can gate it for entire communities, almost like a whitelisting. Um, without having to take a bunch of addresses. So what I would do is I would contact said project owners and I'd say, look, you know, I love what you guys are doing. A lot of these dudes were in the OMI ecosystem, uh, Odyssey, for example. And I said, hey, here's a secret key code. And on the minting page, you'll need this key code. And at this hour, I'm going to open the airlock for your community. And you can, you can introduce it to your community however you want. You can say, oh, there's something secret going on at around this time. Or you could be as direct as saying, at 1 p.m., the airlock is going to open for the Aplanes Mint. You guys need to be paying attention to our announcement channel, and we'll drop a you know we'll drop something so you have access, right? So I stress to people, don't tell them it's a key because you know like we hid the key really well in the contract. But if you gave you know one of these super nerds a, a long enough uh, you know heads up, I'm sure they could find the key pretty quick. So we did not get botted at all. It, it went absolutely flawless. The entire launch, there was not a, a single issue. Um, and so what that allowed us to do is allow the communities 
uh, to create their own narrative and kind of storyline behind why this is opening and how the airlock's opening and when it's opening. And it also allows communities to potentially draw in people to their servers because they have the access key. So if you want to be part of this Mint and say we want to bring in a sister community or brother community, you know, be in here and pay attention to the announcement channel. So it's another like way of a value add uh, for pulling people in. So yeah, that was the idea behind it. And it went flawless. And I want to see other big projects utilize it and, and try it out for yourselves. I think it'll be something that people use in the future quite a bit. Uh, sounds like you've got a NFT minted consultant business ready to happen. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I definitely appreciate the innovation. You know, we've seen mints go sideways for all kinds of reasons. And even when they go well, sometimes the road is bumpy and it is really frustrating for the community. And I don't remember hearing anybody voice any frustration about that particular situation from an outsider's perspective. I thought it went really well and I was fascinated by the mechanics of it. So well done on that one. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Now we just gotta we just gotta get more traction from a marketing side and get you know get the push there and the adoption for for uh, the actual NFT project itself and that's like all part of the journey. So we're still rocking and rolling, but the mechanics are sound and I'd love to see people use them. Hell yeah! So some questions for you that aren't Aplians related. How did you personally get into NFTs? Like, what was the first NFT that you saw that really grabbed your attention and made you think, "Oh, this is an interesting situation. I want to learn more. I want to get involved." That is a really good question, man. Um, you know, I'd kind of like, like honestly, DeFi and NFTs in the beginning for me were two separate entities. And I think for a lot of people, they probably still are. Like there's people that love NFTs and there's people that hate them. And some of those people that love NFTs hate DeFi and some of those people, you know, that love DeFi hate NFTs. So it, like, it's kind of interesting how there's like this separatist perspective. And in the beginning, I kind of subscribed to that in the sense that, like I was so focused on D5 and it, it was such a stupid, stupid thing for me to experience. And I see that with people now that say, oh, I hate NFTs. It's like, well, really all you're doing is leaving uh, potential income on the table, whether you're flipping them or you're creating them or whatever. It's a gold rush in a lot of ways. And I didn't approach NFTs from that. You know, it was a creative outlet for me, but in the beginning, it's like, I just, I didn't understand or care to understand because there was other, other avenues making me, you know, capital. So revenue. And, um, so I think that the first ones I was hearing about were, I don't even remember, like, I, I know that like all the board apes were really big and that, I was pretty into NFTs at that time. The, I had a buddy that was shilling Pusama NFTs early on. But nothing really, really attracted me or got me into it. And, it, it, you know, nothing, not one single project was a reason why I got in. I think my real deep dive into NFTs was actually creating them myself and then understanding that realm. And then even further, uh, flipping and trading NFTs and doing the research on the market itself has been probably the best educational experience for me because what I'm watching is the patterns and the metas evolve and devolve and you know come and go and it's insane how fast this entire uh, marketplace is moving right now so i've from from trading and actually participating in these new projects i've learned more than uh, the entire aplians project me creating that and any of the early adopted nft projects like it's been a whole nother realm so i wouldn't say there's one that that really brought me into it 
But I, I think the ones that stood out the most were the obvious, like the early board apes and all those guys were like, oh, people are making some bucks on these. Yeah, well, I mean, I love the, the avenue that really brought you into to NFTs was creating, you know, the avenue for you is as an artist. Yeah, absolutely. That's not the story. That's that's definitely not the case for everybody. I think that's really cool that that's your story. Yeah, thanks, man. It, it was funny. I, I had, uh, you know, buddy go, dude, do you even own any NFTs <laughs> when I was making my collection? And I was like, yeah, I've got like three or four. Like I got some buddies that have gifted me. And I was not really like, I was not a big NFT investor. I was just concerned with creating my own art and getting it out there. So it was, yeah, it's definitely a different entry point. So as far as ape lands or anything else, is there any alpha that you want to drop? Um, as far as alpha goes, I mean, I just want to shout out Odyssey for uh, the incredible work that you guys have done and like your continual push forward uh, in this realm. Um, nothing is easy, but I think you guys have done an exceptional job and you've also been really wonderful supporters of my project and just me as a human being, which I am forever grateful for. Um, so I want to make sure that that's shouted out heavily. Uh, I really appreciate you guys and I love the creativity and I look forward to the future of everything that Aplians and Odyssey does and Odyssey in general. Um, the other alpha would be, you know, come hop in the server. We're still super low cap. If you come into the Ape Land server, you're going to see like 500. It's sub 1,000. We don't have a ton of people, but the people that are in there, if you scroll through, uh, you're going to see there's a lot of heavy hitters and a lot of really reputable people uh, that you might not see elsewhere uh, in DeFi. So I've got a really wonderful circle of friends that surround me, and, and I want to say thank you to all of the people that have supported me as well uh, in the DeFi space that, you know, not don't even necessarily invest in my my art, but are there because they want to show up and show support. So th it's a low cap project that has yet to really, really pop. I mean, I've, I've done 105 ETH traded volume on the Genesis collection. That might seem like piddly dick compared to a lot of these other projects. But the point is to share the art and I want to bring value to the community. So the goal is, is just to put out super high quality art, stick with that ethos, which is quality over quantity. And that's what the, the community is too. We don't have 10,000 people in there. We have 500 people that are worth 40,000 people. So that's where the, the real alpha is, is seeing the value in a high quality curated community. I love that. I can't agree more. I think quality over quantity is always something to strive for, especially in a discord. I have the utmost respect for some of the kings and queens in this business. And I've been in their discords and as much as I respect everything they're doing and as much as I commend them for the success of their projects, when I see 50,000 people in a discord and that general chat is like a stock ticker, I can't do it. I cannot do it. It's too much. And it is what it is. I love that the Aplians Discord is not that in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, to each their own. But at the end of the day, I don't have the bandwidth for that. Yeah. I don't know how anybody does. You know, like that's <laughs> way too random for me. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to get into a space where it's a little more focused. It's a little more community-centric. Even the community itself feels self-curated. Yes, yes. That's awesome. I appreciate it, man. So far. And not just NFTs. You know, when you were working at Olympus, you were a big vocal component of the Olympus Give initiative where people can basically take the interest that they're earning from holding and staking home and directing it toward charitable projects. I, I really appreciate that attitude. I know that Odyssey is very interested in finding ways to 
support not only you know the community itself but causes beyond the community and causes that are connected to and important to the community so for sure i think you set a great example there thanks man as far as nfts in general how do you feel about the longevity of them as a whole and what interests you most about the current state of nfts in their future really really good question so thank you for asking that um it's so sporadic and I would almost call it neurotic the way that the NFT industry is going right now. And like I said, having that 30,000 foot view by owning like all of the top tools and, and looking at it from a TA standpoint, almost uh, it's, it's given me like this true view of the, the utter insanity, which are NFTs right now, right now, in, in my honest opinion, is we're in kind of like a gold rush, uh, where you're going to see a lot of people that are in it for the bucks. And there's going to be a lot of those guys that hop in and they succeed and they make their millions and then they disappear and they drop the ball on their communities and the people that believe in the ethos behind what story they're selling and so on and so forth. And you're going to see, I would say a majority of projects are going to do this. And no offense to anybody listening out there that that is you know in the NFT realm, it's just the reality. The truth is is the space moves too quick and there's not enough people that are are truly dedicated beyond the dollar sign. So one aspect of it is I think that this ADD neuroticism, you know, madness is going to continue. There's going to be money grabs and rugs. Uh, and then on the other side of the coin, you're going to see really cool projects. Like I'm again, I'm not blowing smoke up Odyssey's skirt here, but Odyssey is doing something really cool with Dimitri in the sense that you guys are really encapsulating history and, and, and giving it to people in their pocket, basically, in high fidelity. So, I mean, you're looking at statues that are thousands of years old, uh, and you're looking at them now on a digital device, where I imagine the first artist that sculpted those is probably like rolling over in his grave in amazement, because it's just like, I never would have thought that would happen. So there's... What I'm trying to get at is the, the, the quality over quantity is where I think the end game is going to come here. And I'll preach this and I'll preach it again. And maybe in two years we'll, or a year even at this rate, we'll look back and go, damn, dude, I was spot on. But I think what's going to happen are people, are their, their dopamine receptors are going to get burnt out over this whitelist grind, over the, the continual promise of a metaverse, over the, uh, you know, just it's the same rhetoric over and over again, recycled and regurgitated. We, we're here for the community. We're here for this. And, and, and. I also say these things, but what I have are plans on the back end to actually follow through. And there's a lot of projects that are going to say that as well. But the reality is, is that this is a saturated market with a lot of people who are not super, super creative, but are in it for the money. So there's one aspect to it. The other aspect to it is that I think that NFTs are here to stay. I think that owning your IP and owning your art and owning maybe even your royalties on music uh, through you know automated contracts on the blockchain is amazing. You get rid of the middleman, as we see in DeFi. Uh, you start to you get rid of some of that corruption potentially, right? So I think that there's utility beyond just JPEGs as well, and I think there's a lot of people exploring that. And um, I've touched I've touched on a lot of ideas pertaining to like DeFi resumes, you know, blockchain resumes, things like that. There's just all of these little nuances that need to be worked out, but there's really cool creative ideas that can come from non-fungible tokens. So um, I think it's here to stay. Uh, I think in the future, it's going to come full circle where the the JPEG aspect is going to be the, the ones that hold the highest dollar value, quote unquote, blue chips. But I think that <laughs> I hope 
maybe that maybe people don't consider art, the individual art or one of ones is valuable anymore. But I hope that it comes back to people looking at the time and effort that the artists put into their art, as opposed to somebody per se, you know, contracting an artist and having them do a thousand different assets and then throwing it together with a computer. Um, so I hope that like high value art will be collected. And I think there's always going to be that niche in, in any kind of hobby that people are into. There's always people that want the best of the best. So um, I hope it comes full circle for all the artists out there that are grinding every day and putting their heart into their work as opposed to these generic one-off generatives and stuff. So that's where I see it right now, bro. I know it's a bit long-winded, but I think we're in a tumultuous time. And I think that we're going to see evolution into quality more so than quantity. Um, and it might take a little longer than what I think. Uh, but I don't think the NFTs are going anywhere. I think the hype is too real. Yeah, no, I feel you. I definitely want to do everything I can and hopefully help Odyssey do everything it can to help artists, emerging artists, experienced artists, developing artists, artists across the digital art spectrum, photographers, yes. animators, game designers, you name it. Yep flourished that, that's what that's what i want to see happen yeah. because when i got into nfts thing that excited me the most was the art and i love utility i love games i love the whole gamut i love these new innovations with nfts ties to tangible goods other use cases like real estate and access passes there's so much emerging technology that is tied to this idea of a non-fungible token and it's developing at a rapid speed and we're just seeing all kinds of, of new things all the time. I love that. Completely agree. But I want to make sure, I bet at the forefront of my mind with respect to the NFTs that I want to continue to interact with and look at, it's all about the artists. So yep. I definitely agree with you there. Totally agree. And as far as artists, you being an incredible one, in my opinion, Thank Do you, you have any advice for aspiring artists who'd like to get involved with creating 3D art and NFTs? Any do's and don'ts you'd like to share? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my first is just do it and believe in yourself because that's something that I've struggled with my whole life. And I'm sure there's a lot of other individuals that struggle with that. And the key is to to remove any self-doubt that you have and to just go for it. And like I have been a big supporter of the old, if you fall off the horse, get back on it. You're not a failure till you quit uh, ethos and mindset. And, you know, even if you don't consider yourself an artist, like I've struggled with for a long time, and now I'm starting to finally kind of like come out of my cocoon. I think that the, the key is to just go for it. And don't worry about what people think. Uh, that would be my first. The second would be surround yourself with people who actually really, really care about the project that you're trying to create. And that's that's a hard one to do in this space because it's a very me, me, me environment. So if you have that day one homie, the one dude that has been with you, or maybe there's a couple community members that are just like, just awesome. And, and make sure that you take care of those people and you stoke them out and you, and you become, and you allow them to be part of what you're doing. Uh, you make sure you do that for them as well, because those people are, are priceless. And there's a lot of snakes in the grass in this industry. There's a lot of people that come and go, uh, but your diehard day ones are the guys that you got to take care of. So whether that means you hook them up with one of one profile pictures or you do something cool for them, 
uh, make sure you take care of the people that take care of you. So that would be my two. Uh, and then for number three, um, it just on more of a technical side, uh, explore your abilities and try different tools. Um, you know, the first, first batch of Genesis Aplians I did was in a program called Clip Studio Pro, uh, which is like a manga anime illustrating and animating, uh, program has a lot of really good features that like say the Adobe suite doesn't have. Um, but now evolving into kind of a new form of art that I'm really liking and experimenting with, uh, I've started to play with illustrator, which is like the standard for like clean lines, animation, some of the stuff that you see that's more mainstream. Uh, but now that I've got into it, I used to hate illustrator and now I love it. I don't know how I was living without it. So that would be like my, my top three, um, for new artists in the space, just give it a go, take care of the people that are surrounding you and experiment with new tools. Don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, I love it. There is no failure other than in action, I feel like, in the art space. Other, everything else is just a learning process. If you're doing something, you're not failing. The sky's the limit with art. All you got to do is make it. And I love that advice. You know, and I think that's good advice for all of us. Uh, get busy, right? Get, get busy. busy and experiment. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with me. It's always a pleasure. And, you know, on behalf of Odyssey, we're big fans of you. We're big fans of Aplians. And we're really excited for everybody in the community to continue to participate and experience all these cool things that you have already rolled out and are going to roll out. I have one last thing I want to ask you. Yes, and, sir. And uh, no pressure. But if you want to drop a couple bars, light it up. All right. So we'll go, we'll go completely off the dome here. Fatty and Flame, we're sitting doing podcasts. If you want to make it in the NFT game, you got to get off your ass. Put in the work, do the dirt, make the bread, make your friends, and f the fit. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well done, sir. Well done. I appreciate you, Flame. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no worries. Thank you for coming. That was a great chat with the always enigmatic Fatty Bags, a tireless Ubermensch in the NFT space. We really appreciate his time and contributions to art and crypto, and can't wait to see what he does next. We have another great guest lined up for our next episode. Please don't miss it. You'll be able to find it along with all other episodes wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for continuing to support Odyssey, art, and innovation. See you soon.